0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For so the first house, and we finish work Friday late evening, and then drive out, get there about midnight, sleep on the ground and start renovating in the morning, Saturday, Sunday and drive back Sunday night all ready for work on Monday again. Hey!
1: This is Property Invest Story where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we chat with Amy Tang, Who, despite her responsibilities as a mother manages a large property portfolio with her husband. While working as a property developer, she shares how she transitioned from a commercial designer to working in property. Despite having no prior exposure to the property investment industry, Tang and her husband managed to dive headfirst into the field, motivated by the potential of a more comfortable lifestyle.
0: I am a full-time property developer and investor and I've been doing this for just under 10 years now and never grew up with um, a family who had done property or investing. It was a skill that um, I picked up with my partner after many years of working in the corporate industry and just not being satisfied with our day-to-day life living in the rat race. And we sorted out for a different career, something that we really could um, sink our teeth into, um, be really passionate about and give give us a tool to really create the balance and the dream life that we want, which is, property developing which is what we specialize um, in doing now and we also educate um, people around Australia in small property development.
1: In any given day, Tang is tasked with her job as a property developer and is also busy mothering her young toddler.
0: My day is very varied. Uh, I had a cameraman... Follow me around last week, actually, to do some PR promo stuff, and you know, I'm a also a mother. I have a little two and a half year old, so I'm up pretty early with her, just getting her ready um, with her uh, preschool, um, feeding her that sort of thing, and then at the same time, I get ready for planning for my day, which uh, is involved a lot of meetings with various. Um, of my team, our project managers. Um, For example, yesterday I had to meet with the architect, had to meet with a furniture stylist, had to meet with the commercial finance broker on getting um, a close approval for uh, funding of some big developments. And then I had to be on site to check on two projects, one nearly finished completion um, and one due for demolition. Uh, and then basic run around um, with tidying up of the day to day of the projects as well, making sure that um, I'm keeping on top of who's supposed to do what. So my day is never the same.
1: <laughs> wow, you're a superwoman by sounds of it, because there's so much that you do. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stay the
0: same. It is. Yeah, my well, I keep my to do list quite short. So I've got the priority things to do. But when I break into the little things, um, it's all about being focused like yourself um, to achieve what you need to get done.
1: Tang's passion for industrial design began when her family migrated to Australia when she was just seven years old.
0: I was actually born in Hong Kong and lived in Mauritius and Hong Kong for the first seven years of my life there. So my parents, you know, gave me a great upbringing. You know, I lived in a tiny 40 square meter apartment in Hong Kong with, you know, my grandparents, my brother, little pets. Um, but it was great. That's all we knew. And it taught us how to survive in a big city as well. But my parents wanted a better, greener environment for us growing up. So we migrated to Australia when I was about seven and I went to primary school and high school in Sydney. And, you know, also studied um, and got passionate about uh, industrial design, all things design at university. And um, from there, um, it really led me to get a drive and be passionate about setting up a career that, you know, I could really achieve things in life. I was always hungry for the thirst of information and for creating things in life.
1: Before working in property investment and development, Tang was heavily involved in all fields relating to design. Her previous job in the commercial design industry helped her learn many valuable skills, which she's translated to her current job.
0: I definitely had multiple jobs before then, um, but I studied graphic design, marketing and design, um, jewelry design furniture design, bit of interior as well, and that led me to get jobs um, for a, a commercial furniture company, and I did a lot of design and marketing for that company um, and in that commercial design industry for about 10 years, so I was able to work in that corporate environment um, and learn about marketing, product development, um, event management budget forecast um, from getting a product from conception to selling it to um, big commercial markets. So that was a really cool experience and time for me because it taught me a lot about setting systems and working with budgets and timeline, and that eventually gave me the skills that I needed for property development, which is what I do today.
1: While Tang has been happy working full-time in the commercial design industry, she'd always wanted to live a more comfortable lifestyle where money could be made easier. Having discussed it with her husband, they both decided to turn to property development.
0: Well, my partner, you know, Jason Byron, he came home one day and he said, look, um, I've done some filming and I've filmed some really cool speakers and they're talking about property investing and we really should look into it because we're both working hard in our job stages, which we loved, but we just didn't have much to show in terms of saving and in terms of time. And so whilst I was working full time, uh, we explored into education in property investing and we learnt a little bit by little bit, different strategies, different skills. And we started just doing little deals while we're working full time. It was Bit tough at the beginning because we had to make use of every little time, you know, lunch breaks before and after work, weekends to actually do those deals. Um, but you do what you've got to do, right, to make a change in your life.
1: The couple was quick to find their first investment property and, based on their own research and knowledge, applied a few value adding strategies to the property, which eventually resulted in a little bit of equity.
0: So we learned about renovating and doing removable houses and subdividing. So there were like little strategies and we thought, cool, let's, let's try it. And, but we weren't the average couple who said, we'll just do renovating. We did like three, four strategies in the one day <laughs> on our first one. <laughs> yeah. But we started small because we only had a little bit of savings. So we went out in the country of uh, New South Wales. Uh, seven hours out of Sydney and we found a little block where there was an old house on it that needed a bit of work. But next to it, there was a spare block. We thought, hang on, there's immediately value we can add to this. We did all the research and due diligence and we knew that we could make a little bit of profit in this deal. So so that deal included renovating of the existing house, just cosmetics, um, subdivision of the land, of the next door land so we could do something with that. And then what we also looked at was putting a relocatable house on that spare block. A relocatable house is something that's an old house that's been not demolished, but that's still in good condition that it could be put back together and renovated. So we renovated that one too. And at the end of it, we got two houses that were renovated uh, and it had positive cash flow and a little bit of equity by the end of eight months.
1: Their first investment wasn't easy, however, as its location meant that the couple had to travel far and make time for its development despite both working full-time hours.
0: Well, we didn't drive out every weekend during the eight months. It was just till the renovation. I think it was about five to seven weeks we did that straight uh, for the first house. And we'd finish work Friday, um, you know, late evening, and then drive out, get there about midnight, sleep on the ground and start renovating in the morning, Saturday, Sunday and drive back Sunday night all ready for work on Monday again.
1: Oh my gosh. So you have <laughs> two full days um, up there to, to work. And, and
0: <laughs> Yeah. It was it was definitely an um, interesting experience. We learned how to manage time very well with meeting different trades on site, getting all the materials and tools during the week, I was getting quotes during the week with trades, and just you know, meeting five trades at a time on the Saturday morning, and said, "Look, what's your price to do this? Can we do this? Great, let's get started." Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really good experience, to be honest.
1: Definitely, it sounds like it was um, one of those kind of boot camps where you got to learn everything in eight months because real hands experience <laughs> is never, never exactly. is not not as good as uh, yeah, just educating and learning about it. So. Yeah.
0: That's right and it was um, it was a small deal with um, very little loan so we felt it wasn't a huge risk at the end of the day if we made mistakes, not that we did.
1: Despite success, the couple's first investment property was definitely a challenge. It was a faraway property because it was affordable.
0: Purely affordability and we... We did like a grid analysis from Sydney, where we live, and went further out, further out. We just couldn't afford being in the city, so we said, okay, let's look at something for hundred thousand and under. And eventually, we got further and further, and we saw um, there was potential for good rents in the area, um, and also untapped, you know, potential in these old houses that needed work. Um, that little town didn't have too much industry going for it. Um, But it was a solid little town that had people living there and people were still buying, renting and selling. So there just wasn't many developments going on in there. So when we did um, put in the subdivision application, the council was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was approved very, very quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting. Very interesting.
0: Easier subdivision.
1: While the investment wasn't hugely successful, it did make the couple enough money to use as a deposit for their next investment. The experience also taught Tang many lessons as she now prefers to buy new properties over old ones that require major renovations.
0: Look, that little one, by the end of the eight months, we had two properties um, renovated that we rented out, positive gear. And we also had created a little bit of equity by that time which we were able to refinance both property and then gave us that equity as a deposit for the next deal that we were going to do. we mm-hmm. so were pretty happy with that.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, I guess from, from that experience, um, actually what I wanted to probably know a little bit about is when you actually um, got that deal through and so forth. Have you kept that particular property since then or have you sold it since then?
0: We've actually sold one half of it and we've got the other half and it's still positive gear. Wow,
1: that's so good. So
0: yeah, they are little older properties so they require more maintenance on it yearly. So one of the lessons I've learned since that first deal is that I prefer to have newer properties on my portfolio.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve deeper into Tang's property investment journey as she shares her worst investment moment.
0: But I would say something that I don't like, a particular deal that we did was we had water issues after building.
1: Conversely, the aha moment in a property investment journey.
0: You know, I look back and I go, wow, that was completed so quickly and so efficiently and it didn't require that much of our time in terms of day to day
1: why she had chosen development as a core strategy behind her property investments.
0: But yeah, definitely that was a aha moment for us to change out all our other past property strategies and just focus on property development as our core.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Story. Looking at buying property, unsure which suburb to choose. Let me share with you an amazing tool. It's called Location Score and it's the simplest way to decide where to buy profitable property all over Australia. Created by property experts Ben Kingsley, Bryce Holloway and Jeremy Shepherd. You can check it out at propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score. Also when you buy through my affiliate link, I'll give you one month access to the Property Investory Club where you can learn from the experts and be part of a private property investing community paid at $99. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score to claim your special offer. Despite the struggles, Tang was always keen on making money from property investment and had never considered other vehicles such as shares.
0: We actually... Haven't really ventured into shares or um, you know building a business at that time. Jason was already working in a family business, um, which you know he was always tired and doing seven days a week um, effort on it. And we thought, okay, well, we haven't looked into property, but it was about getting the right successful mentors that we learnt from that gave us the confidence to give property investing a go. Um, We didn't know much about shares. We didn't really want to, and we'd heard a lot of people lose money in shares. Um, Business was something that I'd always been interested in too, but there wasn't a particular product um, or venture that we're looking at. So we just really fell into property and started learning from the best people out there, and then the journey just continued on.
1: She recalls struggling with water issues with one particular property as a worst investment moment throughout her whole property investment journey.
0: Look, I would say that every property deal we've done and we've done quite a bit over the last 10 years um, has its challenges. Property investing and developing is about solving um, any challenges or hurdles that come through in the most efficient time, right? Um, but I would say something that I don't like, in particular deal that we did was we had water issues after building. And I'm sure you hear it from lots of builders and trades as well. Water is something that just seeps in and you don't know where it's coming from. And sometimes it can be out of your control. You don't know till a house is completely finished. So we did have a house that we were building brand new, and um, everything was going great. The Builder was on time. It was just one house that we were building, and on completion, um, we you know got all the certificates signed, you know paid the builder, all done. And then we had really big torrential rain one day, and water started coming in through the side of a house through our floorboards. And we were, we were thinking, what's going on? Um, so that was uh, definitely a bit of a tricky situation there. And, you know, the house, well, we always felt like we had a little flood in the
1: house.
0: Um, so that, so that, that water saga continued on every time it rained. And we weren't able to fix it easily because we need access from our neighbours next door because we're right on the boundary to them, the house and they would not give us access.
1: For Tang, what bothered her more than the water issue was her having to negotiate with uncooperative neighbours to fix the water problem itself.
0: So that that was really about how do you negotiate with neighbours to come out with a good outcome because it took months to negotiate and in the meantime we had to only work with um, repairing on our side uh, to stop the water coming in Um, so that was a very tricky situation and the builder couldn't do much, it was all about if we could get access we could do it Um, in the end we did come to an agreement but there was a lot of paperwork, a lot of meetings um, with all the parties involved to work out that solution. So that was at close to the beginning of our property journey too. So we were really um, a little bit fearful at that time of what to do. But coming out of that, we were like, hang on, that wasn't too hard. Next time, now we know if you're building on the boundary, you need to have this sort of build this sort of um, gap, this sort of agreement with the neighbours to allow um, for any sort of water issues to be dealt with easier. Um, And every project we do, we always look at, okay, what's the slope of land? How do we stop water getting in? How's the drainage? How's the stormwater? So anything to do with water, we um, put a lot more time and discussion with our A-team and our engineers to make sure it's a flood-proof area.
1: From the experience with this particular investment property, Tang has learnt to resist the temptation of blaming others, as she believes that pointing fingers will never actually resolve the problem at hand.
0: Well, the builder actually had a um, dispute with one of his directors at the time with the build, and I believe that they did make a mistake with some of the levels of the house too. Um, So it was a mixture of design, not the architect, but more the builder and the site foreman during the construction and mismanagement from their half that led to that issue at the end. Um, And we had to work with all the certifiers, um, Department of Fair Training um, to be mediators but at the end of the day you're really just dealing with how do you fix the problem yeah, yeah right. because yeah. you can point the fingers and keep pointing the fingers but uh, you know it doesn't get anywhere mm. that's what we've learned yeah. it's how can we all work together to come up with a solution because we can blame you but you're just going to come back to us and then we're not going to progress any further
1: on the flip side, Tang's aha investment moment was with a first development project of nine townhouses in Brisbane.
0: I would say our first mini development is probably our first big aha moment because we'd done a lot of strategies before developing, renovating, subdividing, titling, removable houses uh, and they were very hands-on type of strategies. Uh, but when we did our first uh development, which was nine townhouses in uh, Brisbane.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's a big development. <laughs>
0: you know, I look back and I go, wow, that was completed so quickly and so efficiently. And it didn't require that much of our time in terms of day-to-day. That was all about finding the right site at the right time at the right price, working with a very good A-team and You know, we've got strategies on how to find the best A team within what we do, and because we had that A team who were able to help us manage that process and get the right solutions, right design, and get it approved quickly, then it was just a matter of finding the right builder and getting that done. But that project was completed within eighteen months from start to finish, settlement to settlement. Yeah, and we made a really good profit on that one. And our clients were very happy too. I can't think of any major issues we had with that project. It was very, very seamless.
1: With the positive experience of the first development project, Tang and her partner decided to stick with development as their core investment strategy.
0: And you know, I used to think, how can we do developments? Right, we're just doing renovating, but. After doing that nine-town it really gave us the confidence and inspired us to start just doing new properties, building new products and multiples as well in areas where it needed it um, because it was just following the system and a process and having the right team in order to do that deal quickly and at the most highest profit. And, and I think that one would have taken me, you know, um, not full time, maybe a day or two maximum. A week.
1: <laughs> you make it sound very easy.
0: <laughs> I look back and I was like, that deal was really easy, actually. You know, um, each deal has its own little um, ups and downs, but it's all part of the process. Um, but yeah, definitely that was a aha moment for us to change our all our other past property strategies and to focus on property development as our core.
1: The couple settled on property development as their core strategy after testing out various other strategies and weighing their positives and negatives as well.
0: Look, we would have done at least, I believe, over 15. Oh, wow. I haven't haven't counted exactly, but we'd done uh, subdivisions, renovations, strata, um, new builds as well. Um, But they were very hands-on, like I mentioned. We were on-site. Twelve-hour days, seven days a week, sometimes managing the trades, going out buying materials, um, getting quotes for different things. So when we were doing those strategies, we couldn't really focus our time on finding deals and working on other deals at the same time. It was one deal, one deal at a time.
1: Mm. So what? What I'm just curious is um, you had quite a lot of experience and through all those strategies and understood which one was probably the most effective and obviously getting to mm-hmm. development, <laughs> um, finding that the the end goal was, or not the end goal but the end result yeah. was much, much greater than to put in your time and effort. So that's probably, yes. yeah, you can see that that was a big change in how you're able yeah. to look at it from a different mindset point of view. Um, the question is, how did you find time yeah. to do that many projects? And
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we in the first um, five years of our you know, property career, it's been nearly 10 years now, we were still working in our jobs so that we could have serviceability and money coming in for day-to-day cash flow. Because some of these deals, um, you've got to finish it before you make some profit, right? Um, but it is about, you know, putting in the time and the effort um, to find the deals, do the deals. And it was mainly weekends after work and before work um, and managing people well um, while we're at full-time job to be able to do it. Um, we weren't doing as many deals but as soon as you know I left work, I was able to then get into doing multiple deals at the one time.
1: Despite the initial struggles of property investment and falling victim to water problems and difficult negotiations, Tang has found fulfillment in developing her investment properties.
0: Yeah, and like I loved working with the trades when we are doing renovating. It was really something nice seeing things develop so quickly. You know, the painters finished the whole house. Um, The builders just finished and putting up new walls and um, new fences. It was something really satisfying about seeing that creation go up day to day. And tradies are great people to work with. And, you know, I felt as a woman, I was able to really juggle and do multiple things at the one time very efficiently. And I always bought coffees for my trainees and paid them on time and they would always go that extra mile for me. So that's something I do miss um, not being on site day to day. But now I get to put my time into building relationship with builders where um, they're managing their trades on time, on budget, um, for all the projects. But I'm able to work with um, a bigger A-team and actually get my teeth into um, helping with you know, the architectural design, interior design um, and really, which is a big passion of mine, design um, and get involved with the creative side of it, of property.
1: While managing many property investments and development projects at once, Tang has learned to pace herself while continuing on her property investment journey.
0: Like you. You said there's multiple facets. You've got to be managing um, the system, the budgets, the timeline, the people involved. Um, and once you have that system going and knowing when the steps come in, you have really busy periods and then you have quieter periods and then busy periods again. So that property development cycle fluctuates and then we can bring in new projects when it's a little bit quieter or you know, not take on too much when it's busy.
1: So, inspired by Amy Tang's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode on Property Investory where we talk to Tang about what initially held her back from property investment.
0: I would say we did have um, some people who were a little bit fearful of us putting in um, so much money into property at the beginning and I guess that's from you know people around us who care about us too.
1: The importance of working with a well-informed development team.
0: A lot of that is really managing my team well, keeping in contact with them, knowing who to go to when something comes up so that um, I get great results quickly.
1: What she and her partner plan to work on in the near future of the property investment journey?
0: But we would definitely, we also like doing luxury houses. I guess that's something that allows me to put my design creativity into it.
1: And that's next time in a future episode on Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.